He woke up to the challenge of a mountain sun blaring through thin white curtains. Without lifting his head from the pillow, he took stock of the bedroom, feeling beyond it the empty cottage and the hollow presence that felt a bit too eager. It could go either way. He decided he'd better stand up, get right out of there and see what came. After morning ablutions, he searched the cupboards for coffee but found none. This was fine. Coffee was a mistake, especially now. Even two cups hit a nasty tipping point. He was here to try hard. He had made these arrangements and driven all this way not just to find the old clarity, but to keep it. He told no one. Strings of that sort felt like confusion. Inside the backyard shed, beside some fishing rods, he hefted a wooden shovel, thick and designed for healthy work. He smelled a cool, grass-clipping mustiness, a waft of childhood. The question, did I make a huge mistake choosing an urban life, came with a ripple of panic, which he quelled by stepping back outside. Bouncing the shovel, he scanned the lawn for a worm spot, some wild place that wasn't grass, shrubbery, or flowers. There was nothing diggable all the way down to a wall of cattails in the lake. An inner voice asked almost sarcastically why he was breathing quickly, especially with all this stillness around him and a view he'd paid for and driven four hours to see. He brought his gaze up. Okay, there was Penantan Lake, liquid black glass mirroring a dark mountain on the far shore. The lake was speckled with boats, people fishing. Trolling silently, eerily, the boats all had little electric motors. He'd read in the McGregor's leaflet that gas motors were banned. The leaflet had also bragged of the lake's world-class trout. His sarcastic voice had relished telling him that the flip side to all this promised fishing glory was that there would be nothing else to do here. But he'd fish. He could do it. He could stab a hook into a worm and not be thrown off course by its writhing. He could reel in a trout and fry one, butter, flour, salt. He'd famously taken Casey fishing that time and got nothing. So if he caught a trout, he could call his son and tell him. It would be the perfect reason to call, all the way to Belgium. At the phone, he'd joke lightly, a trout shining in the sink. Casey, remember how we went to Sook and didn't catch anything? I felt like a failure for years, so... The call would continue perfect, lively with Casey's questions, none of which would ask if his mother was there with him, or was he taking his meds this time, or was this, in fact, a vacation. The shovel wasn't tall, so he'd have to stoop. Last week, in a gesture to his coming great health, he'd thrown away his Velcro lumbar brace. Without support, his back felt precipitous a cliff of possible pain on every side. He pictured the movements of shoveling. He recalled all the roadside bait signs. He would hunt worms in his car. But the signs had proved fraudulent. At each gas station, Bubba's, the outfit that supplied the worms, was behind on deliveries. A clerk joked, maybe Bubba got into the beer. And... Bubba's probably lying in his hammock. And as it always goes with these things, when he tried the Bubba into the beer quip himself on the next baitless clerk, the young muscle man threw his head back and squinted, hostile, possibly a relative of Bubba. 
He saw now that his journey had dangerous choreography.